Some of you are going to think I'm a crackpot junkie after 30 minutes from now. Who's ever felt like they're not good enough? It is so common. We'll all agree in this room that it's those broken moments that give us the opportunity to go within. I was smoking, I was drinking, and then I fell in love, which was so inconvenient at the time. Probably for the first 30 plus years of my life, I was really scared of the truth. The thing about truth is, it's bullshit. <laughs> Nobody gets through life unscathed. We all look at that as if our life is screwed up, that that is actually an opportunity for us to grow and expand. In 2019, the Wellness Base Camp returns. In Fremantle. Newcastle and our first ever international adventure in Auckland. Two for one tickets are under 100 bucks. Get them before they run out at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Bretto, did you know? No, what MP? That studies show white tea is healthier for you than green tea. Wow, MP. That's right, US studies are now showing that white tea kills viruses and bacteria, whilst green tea only stimulates the immune system to fight disease. Better yet, MP, white tea is lower in caffeine, which is good for people like me, richer in antioxidants, and great for digestion, and a super detox remedy. White tea is no fat either, Bredo. The Chinese have been drinking it up for over 1,000 years, and now our Wellness Couch tribe can enjoy the same benefits with Lotus Peak white tea. Grown in mountainous regions of China in accordance with the ancient Chinese traditions and expertise without chemicals and pesticides, Lotus Peak white tea is good for you inside and out. Certified organic and Australian-owned Lotus Peak white tea is available in Woolworths, Coles, Safeway and a range of health food stores. To find out more, go to lotuspeak.com.au. Lotus Peak white tea, an affordable way to stay and feel healthy. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. This episode of the Wellness Guys is brought to you by the all-new Sprouted Forage Cereal Breakfast Range. Did you know that when you sprout your nuts and your seeds, you can access more of the nutrition? Well, now you do. To find out more, visit www.foragecereal.com. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show. This is Damien. And this is Brett. Bretto. We had a very interesting chat today, very interesting chat. We chatted with a bloke by the name of Brendan Lundberg, and he's written a book called Radiant Relief. In fact, he's got a, not just a book, he's actually got a, a system of helping people in chronic pain to get out of chronic pain. I found it really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. A great chance for us, Damo, to nerd out on a few topics we like talking about, about pain <laughs> and about yes. the nervous system, brain. And chiropractic care and just how awesome it is and why everyone should be getting checked. And the vagus uh, nerve, absolutely. Yeah, so some really interesting stuff, some really great topics of discussion here, talking about chronic pain and how and why it happens and what we've learned about pain, you know, how our understanding of it has changed and our understanding, particularly the brain has changed and some new technologies that's allowed us to develop uh, that are, you know, drug-free alternatives for chronic pain sufferers, uh, which, you know, any chronic pain sufferer would be very excited to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I Look, I found it really fascinating. I love the idea that, you know, in, a, in an age where biohacking appears to be one of those things that everyone's trying to do, um, this here was a hack, I suppose, where you could actually teach the brain 
um, that the signals that you're getting from your, your the site of pain aren't really pain signals. So what what Brendan explained was that when people have been in pain for a long period of time, the normal signals that you and I might perceive as just being, you know, maybe it's irritant. material on skin or maybe not even an irritant, just being normal, um, their brain now picks it up as a, uh, as, a, as a pain signal as opposed to just a normal signal. And so the approach that Brendan's actually taken, um, and, he, and he talks about it in greater detail, not only on the podcast, but also on radiantpainrelief.com. If you actually want to go and read more about, or you know, look at more about it, you've got Radiant Relief, the book, and Radiant Pain Relief, the website. If you want to go find more about it, it talks about it there. But um, I found it really fascinating that you could actually re-educate the brain. And you and I talk about um, neuroplasticity all the time. That's what chiropractic's really good at. And, uh, and he's now talking about it in another sense. Um, his uncle was a chiropractor. So it's a really great story. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Today, Breno, we are joined by Brendan Lundberg. And uh, Brendan's got a very unique story. And I'm fascinated to, to get stuck into this one. But Brendan joins us all the way from the USA. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us on the Wellness Guy Show. Thank you, guys. I'm, pl- I'm really pleased to be here. Brendan, um, in your bio, it says that you're a previous chronic pain sufferer. Um, that's a big statement because people, you know, suffer with pain on a daily basis. They might have a sore toe or a sore elbow, or they might have heard of fibromyalgia or something like that. Tell us, what is chronic pain to you? Well, you know, pain is such an interesting topic, um, and like you said, it's a big thing because uh, everybody experiences pain. In fact, it's probably the most single unifying common denominator of the human experience uh, across all time and all location. I mean, every, everybody comes into this world creating pain for their their biological mother and, um, and experiencing pain throughout our lives. And uh, chronic pain um, is, is uh, a different phenomenon than just uh, acute pain or what we consider protective or productive pain. Chronic pain is really um, kind of a disease of its own that grows in intensity or in presence beyond what is appropriate to a cause, or in some cases, no clear cause. It's, it can be like fibromyalgia, as you mentioned, sometimes an, uh, an inexplicable pain presence that doesn't really have a clear origin. And um, you know, unlike acute pain, which is pretty clear, you have your hand on the hot stove, for example, or you've sprained an ankle or broken, broken a bone, it's pretty clear why your body hurts, and it's protecting you saying, hey, stop doing this, avoid doing this, and let it heal. But in chronic pain, it becomes a little bit more of a complicated thing. Uh, but unfortunately, most westernized places across the globe have uh, approached chronic pain management the same as acute pain management or acute, uh, acute pain uh, treatment, which is basically just trying to mask it with a drug or you know something that uh, really is kind of ineffective at creating a long-term solution to, to, to pain. So excited to visit with you guys a little bit about this. And actually, most of the most recent pain science has come out of Australia, not the United States. Of course it has. We're very smart down here, Brendan. So know, tell us a little bit about your experience <laughs> with pain. Like, like what did you personally experience and what was your experience of trying to find some resolution to that? Like what was the first, you know, was the first point of call you went to your doctor, for example, and, and what solutions did they give you and how did that work for you? Yeah, well, I've had I've had um, mild pain, and my pain is relatively mild compared to many of the people that we see in our business. But um, I, I have low back pain, and I had probably my first occurrence of that 
as a fairly young kid in my early, probably early teens, and then reoccurring periodically throughout my my teens and into my 20s, and then kind of getting worse in time. It's low back pain. Um, at one point, I was given a diagnosis of having something called, um, oh, shoot, I forgot what it's called. It almost doesn't matter. Um what the diagnosis is because all pain actually comes from the brain, not from the tissue. Even though we don't experience it that way, we experience pain locally in the area that the body hurts. But all pain, uh, as as we now understand the most recent pain science, is a product of the brain. And essentially what happens in chronic pain is the brain becomes wired and fixated to expect and perpetuate that pain, regardless of what's going on in the tissue. The tissue could be fully healed or have no clear pathology that would, you know, kind of warrant a pain presentation. Um and in my case, so I have um, kind of mechanical or, um, you know, physical uh, kind of stiffness in my low back. And I, I still have it, although it's much more mild than it was previously. And then I developed uh, sciatica pain down my right leg and into my groin, which was very uncomfortable. Kind of, you know, I would equate it to uh, burning pain or almost in some cases like somebody was trying to, you know, cut the, the muscle off of my bone uh, using a very dull knife. It was pretty, uh, pretty uncomfortable for for me. You know, for quite some time, yeah. Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. As chiropractors, both Brett and I are chiropractors, and so we see people in pain all the time. It's right. uh, it's one of the things that we we uh, have the pleasure of helping people, you know, get out of, which is a wonderful thing that we do. But um, it's such a debilit- debilitating thing. But the pharmacological treatment of these of this, you know, these conditions is is so short of actually fixing the problem. Um, but so heavily relied on, and we face a we face a problem at the moment with opioid addiction. Um, yeah. You know, throughout the US and throughout Australia, there's more people dying of prescribed pharmaceutical opioids. You know, such as morphine and codeine and all those sorts of drugs. There's more people dying from that than heroin in Australia. It's it's out of control. So, um, you know, is that the route that you went down? Did you go down the ph- pharmacological route? Were you taking drugs at one point? You know, I never really did. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't inclined to want to do that. Uh, fortunately, because of some other exposure I had to more, uh, you know, functional medicine and preventative medicine prior to this really become a, a significant problem. So I never really Gosh. needed that. Um, and you know, and I realized, you know, movement was a key piece to trying to help me feel better. But you know, I think you know, pain, like we talked about a minute ago, is a very human experience. And from our primitive ancestral caveman days. We realized back then that if we take alcohol, if we drink alcohol or if we take, you know, even some plant-based medicines, opium or probably cannabis, if they had access to that and understanding of that or other, um, you know, kind of plant-based things that we could feel better, at least in the short term. And so industry, the you know, the industry of pain management was kind of born out of the same analgesic approach based upon biochemical uh, interventions. And um, those things are very effective. I mean, opioids do, you know, either take away the pain or make you so you don't care about the pain. Uh, and they're effective in the short term, but they aren't effective um, certainly in the long term. And, and because they are effective in the short term, it's I think it's limited the necessity or the need to understand pain at a deeper level. And most clinicians, uh, medical professionals, MDs, or probably even chiropractors are trained in, in pain science. It was really, um, you know, brought to brought to the conscious in the 1960s, something called the gate control theory of pain, which has really since been, you know, that's a fairly maybe a, an uh, appropriate understanding for acute pain, but for chronic pain, it really isn't. And, um, most medical professionals haven't been trained on the more recent pain science, again, m- much of which has come out of Australia. And industry continues to to inform 
medical professionals. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies are certainly big, you know, big drivers of continuing medical education when it comes to pain. And so the, you know, the science has been somewhat biased and the understanding has been somewhat stagnated because of the, the, the efficacy of these things and, and the reimbursement associated to them, and the economics associated to them. And, you know, industry doesn't really want to disrupt itself if it doesn't have to. And so, you know, we, we feel fortunate to have both a therapy um, that has economic viability f- across you know, if you think of from a business standpoint, across the supply chain from the consumer all the way up through us as a delivery service company and through, you know, the manufacturers and the technology that we work with, it all works across the economics, but it doesn't work necessarily within the confines of traditional healthcare. So economics certainly play a part in how we've uh, seen the science evolve. And so, Brenda, give us a bit of an update on what the latest research is saying about pain. And if we're moving away from the gate control theory of pain, are we looking more towards the brain and then the central control of pain? Or, or what direction are we heading now in terms of our understanding of pain and of the difference between acute pain and chronic pain? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's all about the brain. Um, and some of those, those um, Australian researchers that I've mentioned and, and scientists, physicians are Lorimer Mosley, Adrian Lowe, David Butler. Uh, you can look them up. And there's others uh, in, from different places in the world in the United States as well. But those are some of the more, um, you know, leading voices in this understanding. And basically what, you know, what, you know, all pain really does come from the brain. It doesn't come from the tissue. Again, in the short term, it's a protective function. But in chronic pain, the brain becomes kind of hypersensitive and uh, hypervigilant and kind of wired to expect and perpetuate this pain phenomenon. And it doesn't really have a direct correlation of what's going on in the tissue. In fact, there's been a number of different studies that have shown, um, you know, you could take an average person off the street, you could put them under uh, imaging like an like an MRI or an X-ray, and you will you will find a presentation of tissue abnormalities such as arthritis or a you know herniated disc or a torn meniscus, um, but they don't know it because it doesn't hurt. There's it, there it's asymptomatic, and conversely, uh, you could image chronic pain sufferers. Uh, in the areas that their their bodies are painful and not find a correlated presentation of tissue abnormality. So they're really kind of a, there's kind of a disconnect. In a book that I, I recently wrote and published along with my partner, Dr. David Farley, uh, who is a Harvard and MIT trained physician, I make an analogy that even though we think of pain very cause and effect, probably a more appropriate way to understand it is to think about credit card debt. And if I was to get a credit card with a $3,000 limit, and I start using that credit card for routine things like buying gas and groceries or school supplies for the kids. As long as I'm making the minimum payment every month, uh, it, it works just fine. The bank gets paid. They're happy to let me have this uh, access to this credit and I have the ability to, to spend. But if there's an event that kind of push, puts me to the tipping point of the credit availability, then I have a problem. Let's say, for example, if the car breaks down and I have to buy a new transmission, which costs $1,700, and I only have $1,500 of available credit, metaphorically, this is a painful experience because I have a large expensive bill, but now I'm over my limit. And so there may be additional charges over limit, you know, over limit fee charges. And even more, possibly more painful is the fact that if I was relying upon that credit card to buy gas or, you know, so I can get to work or pay the utilities or buy food for my kids because I don't get paid for another week and a half, then the impact of what that one event has really cost me is increased. And so what that's kind of what happens uh, to our nervous system. You know, our nervous system's job primarily is to keep us alive. So it's taking a, a record, taking an account of all the events that it perceives 
probably from the time of in utero, from the time that we're in the womb, throughout our lives, everything that's a, an injury or a stress or a trauma or an illness, it kind of records these these things at a deep um, a deep neurologic, you know, subconscious level, so that in the future we might be protected from them. So those are kind of like charges to an account. And for whatever reason, um, maybe it's genetics, we have different levels of, of limit, and there may be, you know, lifestyle factors that certainly play a part in, into that. And it, there could be an event that puts us like that, you know, car breaking down, puts us in that place where the body is now uh, at the limit of what it can t tolerate. And then a change starts to occur and normal sensory input, such as walking or sleeping or moving, starts to be perceived. The neurologic system starts to change and the body starts to perceive that. The brain starts to perceive that as threat and it causes the pain to persist and to grow in really kind of an inappropriate way because it's saying, hey, some, we're, we're at the limit of what we can really endure here kind of in terms of this threat aggregation and we need you, uh, Mr. Mister or Mrs. Human Being, to take action and kind of help resolve this a little bit better. And unfortunately, when we just pop a pill, we're just masking the problem and the problem just grows underneath the surface. It's much better to, you know, to approach it from a different perspective. Yeah, we love this stuff, Brendan, and we are really fortunate as chiropractors and particularly in sort of Australasia where, you know, we've been exposed to some of the work by uh, Heidi Horvick, who's also doing some fantastic research yeah, in New Zealand sure. at yeah. the New Zealand College of Chiropractic. And, and I would encourage anyone who's interested in this stuff to to support the Australian Spinal Research Foundation, who do support a lot of her research into this sort of area. And so, you know, we are obviously quite well versed in some of this brain and neurology and, and how that all works. And obviously, in using chiropractic as a tool to help stimulate that and to help uh, make changes in that area. But you've got some other tools you'd like to talk about today as well. So can you talk to us a little about some of the strategies we can use to start making changes in this centralized pain function? Yeah, that's great. I think the the first thing is just a level of awareness um, and a level of education. I think, you know, what happens, unfortunately, for many people is when they get a, a diagnosis, um, that that becomes their their new ceiling of reality. And if they if they hear the words herniated disc or, you know, whatever it might be, then then they they begin to see, well, like uh, this is this is the limit of what I'm capable to do or my function is now you know, confined to this level of, of situation or this pain is now my new normal. And so they allow that to kind of take, to take uh, place psychologically. And I think, so the, I think the first thing is, um, is to really understand the pain science and to look for resources um, that can help expand the awareness. And I think, you know, when people have these types of uh, diagnoses or they're living in the pain, it really starts to limit their, their life, you know, their sleep becomes disrupted because they hurt or because of the medications they start to take. Their movement becomes certainly decreased because it hurts for them to move. And both of those things can have a compounding effect in terms of weight gain. And um, and then many times because of pain or because of the medications or both, they begin to withdraw from their lives and from the things that bring them the most level of joy and connection and productivity. And that begins to have an impact too. And so by the time someone's been in chronic pain for many years or for many decades, they really become kind of a fragment of who they once were and who they really have the potential to be. And that becomes a really unfortunate thing for a lot of people. So I think the very first thing above all is education. And again, unfortunately, you know, we've been kind of indoctrinated to just want to have an easy fix and pop a pill. And that might help in the short term make us feel better. But it's kind of like if we had that credit card, if we go back to that analogy, you know, drinking a six pack of beer makes us care a little bit less about the credit card, but it certainly isn't resolving the problem. And I think the same is true with this. Yeah, great, great conversation here, Brendan. It's really, 
It's really great. And it's nice too that, uh, you know, what you guys are talking about is very much on point with what we're talking about from a chiropractic perspective. It's really good. And I noticed too that your dad's actually a chiropractor. Is that correct? My uncle is a chiropractor. Yeah, uncle's yeah, a chiropractic here. Yeah, and I spent before starting uh, our company Radiant, and I'll talk a little bit about what we do in a minute if you'd like. But um, before starting Radiant, I spent a few years as the head of sales and marketing for a breath test technology to measure the body's free radical damage. Wow! And that really exposed me to a very wide range of. Um, you know, functional medicine, progressive-minded clinicians, most of whom were, were chiropractors. They were probably our number one clients for that technology. Yeah, nice. Oh, fantastic. Um, you've read a lot of books too. Uh, one of the books that you uh, have been, you know, quoted as reading is The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Uh, he was one yes. of my lecturers, actually. He was a lecturer of mine at, uh, at the New Zealand College of Chiropractic. And he, uh, he speaks for those people who are unfamiliar with Bruce, and we've had him on the show a number of times, but those people who are unfamiliar talk about the control over the cell, outside of the cell. So the control of the body, outside of the body. And so what we uh, understand now is that you can alter your environment to determine how your body outputs. Uh, and that's really important because that's exactly what you're talking about. So you're saying that you can alter the way in which the brain perceives what's going on at the site by teaching the brain exactly what's actually going on. Rather than actually interpreting the signal as being painful, you're telling it, hey, this is just something different. And it appears that you're doing that with some kind of technology. Can you tell us more about that, Brendan? Yeah, that's exactly right. We have a technology which in the United States is cleared by the FDA, has a 510K clearance. So that's, that's typical for most medical devices that are non-invasive. And basically, this technology... Um, acts like an artificial nerve and it generates a dynamic set of artificial nerve impulses that uh, somewhat mimic uh, endogenous or natural no pain nerve signaling in the body. We attach electrodes on the skin in proximity to the pain, but actually in healthy tissue uh, that, that kind of brackets the painful area. And we transmit new information via electrodes on the skin through the central nervous system, uh, through what are called the C fibers. So this is where chronic pain is transmitted. It's a slower moving uh, nerve channel than than you know what is kind of a reactionary uh, immediate pain kind of uh, nerve nerve signal is. So we transmit this information through the nervous system. The brain interprets it as a natural self message of no pain, and it almost immediately begins to ease the pain experience in the body. The messaging coming out of the technology is dynamic and changing, and so this causes the brain to have to work to interpret this information and to try to make sense of it. And that 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 effort to work and to interpret causes the brain to change. And this is, you know, neuroplasticity, something I'm sure you guys have talked quite a bit about um, to your listeners and to your audience. But, yeah. you know, this is this is fairly new science for, for many people, including many clinicians. You know, the, the brain's ability to learn is something that probably in the last maybe 10, 15, 20 years has really started to come more to the forefront. And, um, and so basically what we're doing is giving the brain new information um, and essentially through neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to learn, it, re it is over time, typically it's a daily session for a few weeks, um, the brain goes through this, um, this process of learning and adaptation, and it normalizes the pain experience in the body and the tissue then reacts to it. And so we're able to get um, significant levels of relief that become lasting without drugs, needle surgery, or side effects. 
And because it's technology based, it becomes very scalable. So our vision is to, you know, build um, build this therapy uh, across the United States, across North America, and throughout the world, and to be able to shift because again, because it's it's scalable, because it's technology based, to be able to really start to market and to educate and to drive a shift in understanding away, you know, away from medications in particular, but uh, more about how pain is really. Uh, a neurogenic problem, change the way pain is understood and how it's treated in a much more scalable, safe, safe fashion. Oh, this is really good. I mean, this is fascinating because when we first, well, at least when I first glanced at your information about what you were doing in terms of stimulating the, you know, the nerve endings and those sort of, it did sound kind of like that old sort of gate control theory of pain. But, but I guess what you are actually doing is, is really, like you said, focusing on those brain changes. And, you know, some people will have come across, uh, you know, some of the books that are out there. You know, I think it's Norman Doidge, I think it was, was a really popular one who did the book, which yeah. was the brain that changes itself and then his follow-up book I think was the brain's way of healing and, and it was right. talking about really similar sort of stuff you know it's really getting into that neurology um, and and the ability of your brain to change and I think it's it's such an empowering message for people to understand that that their brain does have the ability to change and that there's things you can do to help facilitate that and to start to change it you know what sort of experiences are you seeing from people because I imagine you would see a lot of people like we do in chronic pain who've who've tried to go down the pain you know pain control route and the medication route and you know many have even gone beyond that and you know being diagnosed with depression and other disorders and given medications as a result of that so you know a lot of the time they've lost hope I guess is what I'm trying to say you know what are you seeing with people who are now able to make real changes to their brain um I'm I'm just guessing that they're going to be so much more full of hope and, and getting great results but tell us about what you've been seeing Oh my gosh, yes, it's an absolute um, beautiful thing to be a part of. And and we, we've built our business um, specifically to be able to deliver this therapy in the most uh, effective and scalable way. And so it really begins even before our clients come in, you know, in in our um, marketing and advertisement, which is still pretty modest because we're just really kind of beginning the business, but it drives them to a website. And on the website, it asks them some, some questions that they're probably not too often ask in most other clinical environments like why now what is your definition of success why you know what has pain cost you what is it what is the reason that you need to get get back is it your family is it work is it you know other things and so we begin to to frame the whole pain experience First, from their perspective, like, you know, what does it cost you and what do you want to, you know, where do you want to go and, and why do you want to get there and why now? And so, um, and the reason that we do that is because pain is so multifactorial and it becomes, for many people, part of their identity and it becomes kind of a very complicated thing. And we really want to identify first people that are really, you know, they feel the necessity, they feel the urgency to, to try to resolve this in a more effective way. Uh, as you mentioned, most of our clients have tried in their mind everything, you know, drugs and injections and, you know, a gamut of different uh, different kind of physical approaches to just the tissue. And, and they get some level of relief oftentimes from those things, but not lasting relief because they're not really getting to a place where the brain can really change. And if they've been on medications and they have disrupted sleep and there is depression, as you mentioned, which is very common um, because they feel like they're trapped in these bodies that are betraying them, uh, they become very complicated. So we feel such a privilege to be able to, to address that in a way that makes it less complicated. We can significantly reduce the pain. And in the first session, we give the first treatment session for free. And so, um, as you mentioned, hope hope begins to be rekindled almost immediately. There's typically a level of noticeable relief in that first session to the point where they go, oh my gosh, maybe I can have hope that I'm not going to be destined to just live like this for the rest of my days again. 
Oh, that's so nice. So nice. I've got two questions for you, Brendan. Um, is this Please. available? Is this a, you know, available in Australia yet? Can we get it here? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I, I would love to chat with you offline about how we could work together to make that happen. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, it is FDA cleared. It's been researched at leading institutions in the United States, the Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins. Yep. But the FDA FDA clearance it was predicated on something called a TENS unit, which has been around for you know many decades. Sure, and yeah. you know, and TENS, TENS has its place in, in the continuum of care, but it isn't very effective at, at really a, you know changing the brain in any way, you know, significantly or or um, you know making it's I think a very helpful therapy for acute pain, but probably not so effective for for chronic pain as we've seen. And the second question, Brendan, is when someone does have tissue damage and the damage, let's say it's a disc injury, you know, the significant sequestration of the disc um, or they've sure. pulled, pulled a muscle or they've, you know, got a broken bone in the vertebra or, or something that is quite traumatic. Is this a useful treatment? Can this actually help them out as well? Well, um, it, well, it probably could help them have a, a reduced pain experience. However, we don't treat people in that phase. We only treat, and it's one of our, our clear uh, guidelines is that we treat people who are at least three to six months or longer in a pain phenomenon. So there, in most cases, the tissue is fully resolved. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, we don't want to make anybody worse. So you know, yeah. if somebody's in an acute pain phase, we say, look, I'm, you know, we're sorry that you're uncomfortable, but this this pain that you're feeling, it, even though it's uncomfortable, is serving you because it's saying, hey, we need to let you be reminded that this tissue needs to be needs to heal but in chronic pain that's not you know it's not really the issue anymore and in fact the pain experience is limiting mobility it's limiting and disrupting sleep and function and so those things actually exacerbate the inflammation they exacerbate you know the 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 um the tissue experience of pain the mechanics of the pain and so when we can reduce the pain experience neurogenically or at the brain level then the tissue kind of course corrects itself and we see remarkable outcomes even with arthritis i mean we see clients that have clearly arthritic joints maybe in their hands that are you know very visibly kind of disfigured and the arthritis doesn't go away but the pain is reduced to the point where they have increased motility and function and use of their hands and that and that more normalized movement reduces inflammation and it allows them to have extended periods of relief and and function without having to rely upon medications that are probably doing you know at some level more harm than good it's a really great set of points that you raised there, Brendan. One of the one of the great points there was that your body is limiting your movement um, with pain when you're in the acute phase, so you don't further the industry the injury. And I think that's really important because a lot of people take drugs through the day to keep themselves out of pain, but then they potentially do more damage to the tissues. And so it's a great thing for people to remember if they're in an acute phase of pain that your body is doing it on purpose. So you know, go with it, rest, repair. That's really important. And then when you get out of that uh, acute phase and if it's, if it's driving you crazy or if it's really affecting your expression of life, then that chronic pain phase is where this sort of thing would, you know, potentially, you know, come in, come in very handy. Oh, some great points there, Brennan. It's really great. And uh, I, I really do appreciate all of the information that you've given us today. I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this thinking, oh, my gosh, I really want this in Australia. How am I going to get access to it? Of course, they go to the radiantpainrelief.com and check you guys out there. Maybe they've got to fly over to the US until they, we can get it here in Australia, but uh, it really is a great invention. Well done. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't invent it. I have to be clear about that. I just saw a way to commercialize this much, much more effectively. You know, I spent a few years trying to sell the technology to physicians and they just weren't educated in the science. And so they looked at it as snake oil. They dismissed it. And there was an economic disincentive for them to, to migrate away from current therapies and current economics around those therapies 
uh, and disrupt themselves. And and so, you know, our, our vision is to build clinics and uh, those clinics allow us to create a consistent level of client experience and to create economic efficiencies that make it affordable to the average person. We sell it in the United States on an, an you know, on an annual membership, essentially, and that cost over the over the year ends up being around $10 a day. So it's fairly affordable, um, even though it's not covered by, uh, by insurance or, you know, um, government support, at least not in the United States at this time. And that, and that allows us to still be, you know, healthy as a company. And I think that both those things are necessary. And then the last piece of, of that model of building clinics, it allows us to create a consistent experience it, in each of our locations. And so that consistency is really fundamental and necessary in order to build and to scale a successful business. You know, if there's a lot of variability in how the experience or the outcomes are driven, it makes it really hard to want to invest in advertising and to promote it. And it makes it really hard to develop a level of customer you know, support and understanding because if the experience and the outcome is different from place to place, then, you know, that really quickly erodes that brand integrity. So that's that's our vision is to build this model that I think is a much more sensible way to scale this and to, um, to kind of help shift understanding, which is the first and foremost, you know, necessary thing. Yeah, nice. Well, thanks for correcting me there. I'm sorry that I, no. uh, I tripped up there, but it's great to get that explanation. It's really great. Brenda, thank you so much for joining us on the Wellness Guys show. We've really appreciated your time and really appreciated the, the depth to which you took our, our listeners into the, the, the problem as well as a potential solution for chronic pain. So thank you, Brenda, for joining us. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And if, again, I, I would like to shout offline with you and see if there's ways that we could collaborate and help accelerate uh, the access to this therapy down uh, down under there. And um, if anybody's listening and they're interested, I'd invite them to go to radiantrelief.com and they can register and get on our mailing list and we'll keep you abreast of our evolution as a company as we continue to grow uh, across North America and throughout the world. Sounds fantastic. Thanks so much, Brendan. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.